listening to the Chronicles of Aguna, the Arsenal podcast. I'm Martin Tyler, and you're listening to Harry Simeon. Hello, happy Saturday, good morning and welcome back to another live edition of the Chronicles of Aguna, the Arsenal podcast, brought to you now, where is it, there it is, by uh, 90 Min, absolutely delighted to announce that um, we've gone into a partnership with 90 Min, one of the biggest, one of the best, one of the most reputable football media brands out there, Um, big thank you to every single one of those uh, guys over there for... uh, believing in what we're doing here and and enjoying the show and deciding that it would be a good fit for their network. So absolutely delighted about that. What does that mean for you guys? You're probably asking, well, it means more content. It means content of a higher quality. It means enhancements are just around the corner and the Chronicles of Aguna is only going to get bigger and better from here on in. So really looking forward um, to bringing you guys some more bits and pieces and hopefully uh, enhancing your uh, enjoyment and experience when uh, viewing or listening to this podcast so yeah massive thank you uh, to those guys over there and a massive thank you to you guys for all your support over the last couple of years because if it wasn't for that uh, we wouldn't be in the position that we're in now so absolutely delighted thank you uh, from the bottom of my heart to every single one of you and um Let's kick off this preview show. Of course, Arsenal take on Marcelo Bielsa's Leeds United at Ellen Road this weekend. It's a huge, huge game for both sides, actually. Mikel Arteta comes into this one under a little bit of pressure from certain sections of the fan base. But as uh, I'm not going to say Bielsa's under pressure because he's not, but Leeds also come into this under a bit of pressure as a team because, of course, they've been on the receiving end of two heavy defeats in their last two Premier League fixtures. So it's going to be really, really interesting to see how this one goes. Um, I'm going to be sharing with you guys uh, what I think will probably be Mikel Arteta's starting eleven. I'm going to be sharing with you guys my prediction a little bit later on. But first, we're going to talk about a couple of other stories, a couple of other Arsenal-related bits and pieces. And we're going to begin by discussing that alleged bust-up between Danny Ceballos and David Lewis. Now, we touched on it on our show on Thursday evening. Myself and Sophie um, discussed that at great length and and what it might mean and probably what happened, etc. And we basically um, come to the conclusion that actually, uh, is it that big a deal? When two professional footballers sort of go at each other in training, is it actually a big deal? Not always, I don't think. Um, you know, the, the competitive edge is clearly there. It's not the first time we've seen Danny Ceballos involved in such an incident, which perhaps suggests that, you know, he trains at full tilt every single time. Um, the story goes that David Lewis was unhappy with the challenge put in by Danny Ceballos. David Lewis hit him, as the report says, uh, scratched his face and drew blood from the Spaniard. That's what the report says. Mikel Arteta was asked about this um, and Mikel Arteta said there is no problem between the two players. He didn't deny that the incident happened though and I thought that was really, really interesting because Danny Ceballos had come out on Twitter almost immediately after the reports broke and labelled the story as fake. Well, maybe... Uh, you know, you should have touched base with your manager first because 
He's not saying it was fake, yet Danny Sabas is. So uh, some mixed messages there with regards to that. Listen, at the end of the day, I'm not overly fussed if players get involved in little scraps like that um, during training. It shows that they're training, as I said, with a competitive edge uh, at 100%. And that's absolutely fine by me as long as those issues are put to bed once they leave from the training pitch and not carried into games of football. Because at the end of the day, team spirit is key. The unity needs to be there if Arsenal are going to achieve what they need to achieve this season. So yeah, I you know, like I said, I don't have a major issue with that incident going on as long as it's put to one side afterwards. Now, the the issue here is the actual leak, isn't it? The The issue is how did this story get out into the mainstream media? And um, Mikel Arteta has been speaking about that, actually. He has vowed to find who the leak is and there will be consequences. Mikel Arteta has made it very, very clear from the day he took over Arsenal that he wants to keep team related affairs in-house. He will not tolerate players going and speaking to the press and leaking um, stories such as these. So Mikel Arteta clearly unhappy with that and he has vowed to take action. So will he find who the leak is? Be really, really interesting um, to know who it is. But understandably, uh, given what I've just said about Mikel Arteta and how he likes to keep things private and in-house, even if he does find it, I'm 99% sure that we're not going to know who it actually was and who it actually is. Um, so, yeah, just wanted to start on that because it is an interesting story. Um, it was a story that kind of died down a little bit after the sort of initial shock. Um Lots of Arsenal fans labelled it as fake. Actually, Mikel Arteta said, no, that's not the issue. Uh, sorry, that wasn't the case. Something did happen. He gave a little bit of a uh, an Arsene Wenger answer when he said, um, I didn't see it, etc., etc., which is fine. No issue whatsoever. Um, but yeah, let's. Uh, it'll be interesting to know if Mikel Arteta finds who the leak is and what he does to deal with that because we can't have stories like this leaking into the press. It's as simple as that. Let's talk a little bit about Willian and will Willian feature this weekend? Well, Mikel Arteta has given no indication that the Brazilian will be left out. Now, of course, Willian travelled to Dubai during the international break, despite there being a non-essential travel ban here in the UK. Upon his return, Willian had to undergo a COVID test and he had to return a negative result so that he could rejoin the squad. Mikel Arteta... Again, not really giving away too much on that one. He said that they've had a, con a conversation, that they've discussed it, etc., etc., and we move on. Kind of get the, you know, the, the explanation that's come from Willian's camp is very much along the lines of he had commitments in terms of his image rights and various other bits and pieces that he does um, that meant he had to go to Dubai. Now, I just feel like this is just another story that you don't want another bit of press that we don't need as a football club at this time and you know Willian has been a, a clear favourite of Mikel Arteta since he came in Arsenal Arteta and Edu you know they went out on a limb to bring Willian in they offered him a contract probably bigger than what any of us thought he deserved um, in terms of the length the length of it because he is 32 years old. To offer a 32-year-old a three-year deal sounds absolutely ludicrous. And Arsenal really went out on a limb here to make that deal happen, to persuade Willian that Arsenal was the place for him. That's what they did. Um, so, yeah. 
you know, they, they got him in. They've picked him sort of every week. I can count maybe one or two. I thought he was okay against Manchester United at Old Trafford and I thought he was good uh, against Fulham on the opening day. But other than that, I haven't been particularly inspired by what I've seen from Willian. Um, so, yeah. You know, let's um, let's see if he keeps his place in the side. I think there's a lot of Arsenal fans now that have got to the point with both Willian and Lacazette, actually, that they don't want them in the side anymore. But whether that can happen, whether Mikel Arteta will, will take that decision remains to be seen. I'm not 100% sure that Willian will be dropped from the starting eleven as a result of his uh, impromptu or unauthorised, I should say, trip to Dubai. Right, guys, if you haven't already, don't forget to smash that like button. Subscribe to the channel if you are new. Give uh, 90min underscore football follow too on Twitter. Um, and yeah, keep up to date with all our work. Um, just before we continue looking ahead to the Leeds game and discussing some of the issues, I just want to address uh, this question from Aditya who says, Harry, congrats on your 90min football partnership. What does that mean for the Chronicles of Aguna? Less independent videos just to know what this deal means. This deal means that I will receive the additional support that I need to take the Chronicles of Aguna up to another level. It does not mean that there will be um, less, uh, less content. In fact, there will be more content. All the content is independent. It's all produced by me. I have full creative freedom over what we do here at the Chronicles of Aguna. Um, it just means that we get the support that we need to take this thing up to the next level and to improve some of the sort of issues that we've had um, over the last couple of years or so. So don't for a second think that the content on this channel is going to change because it's not. That's nothing to do with it. All it is, is we've become a part of a really... Uh, good strong powerful podcast network uh, that 90 men have been putting together for a little while now as some of you guys will know um, that follow me on twitter you would have seen we were doing the we're the north bank show which was an arsenal podcast for 90 men what we're doing now is we're combining that so the the we're the north bank show will become part of the Chronicles of Aguna. Once a week, we'll be bringing you with the North Bank right here on this channel, on this podcast. And um, yeah, so nothing's changing. Nothing's changing other than we're part of a fantastic brand now. We're going to receive some incredible support, um, which will give me the freedom and the ability to to improve the content further, spend more time on the channel, more time on the podcast. So it's only a good thing, I promise you. Um, I would not have done something if it wasn't for the benefit of the channel. This is my baby. I've spent best part of nearly three years now building this thing, growing this thing, working on this thing and, and going on my own sort of journey as well. So there's no way I would... Um, do anything that would damage the channel. 90 men are fantastic. As you guys will know, I've been doing some work with them for a little while now. I've loved every minute of them. There's fantastic people there. And um, it's only a good thing, I promise you. Nothing changes with regards to the content. All that changes is you're going to get more of it, which uh, I think is uh, is a good thing. Let's see. Um, right. Uh, let's go back to the game against Leeds United, of course. Um, Marcelo Bielsa has been speaking in the build-up about Mikel Arteta. And he's highlighted that when he watches Mikel Arteta's side tactically, he says um, that he spots things that no other team does. He's been highly um, 
sort of positive about Mikel Arteta. And of course, Mikel Arteta is a disciple of Pep Guardiola, you would say. And Pep Guardiola, well, who is his teacher? Who's his hero? It's Marcelo Bielsa. So there's an awful lot of mutual respect here between these two coaches. Marcelo Bielsa tactically is one of the most complex football coaches on the planet. And once he gets a system in place. Once he gets things into gear, you've seen the benefit of that. Leeds have benefited from that. Leeds are a Premier League club for the first time in the in 16 years because Marcelo Bielsa came and led them out of the dark and into the light again. And they're back in the top division. And yes, they've had a few um, bumps in the road. You know, they've had a couple of disappointing results of late. But Overall, I would say that Leeds have really, really impressed in their first season back. They turned in a wonderful performance on the opening weekend at Liverpool. They got a draw against Manchester City in a game that probably they should have won based on the balance of that second half. So Leeds are a fantastic side. You can always expect a tactical surprise from Marcelo Bielsa. And what I personally like about Marcelo Bielsa is the culture he creates at the football clubs that he goes to. He's created a culture at Leeds United. There's a very sort of strict um, way of doing things. You know, he could bring in a player for 10, 15 million pounds, but if he's not pulling his weight on the training ground, if he's not doing exactly what Marcelo Bielsa wants, he doesn't get into the side. And it's as simple as that. Marcelo Bielsa's standards are up here. He's a top, top manager, a top, top tactician. And we've seen in previous games this season that he is not afraid, not afraid at all, to make changes if necessary. And what I mean by that is if it's not going right at half time, you will see Marcelo Bielsa um, turn the house upside down and change things. And he's done it time and time again. And it's worked really, really well for Leeds United. So... This is a game I'm a little bit worried about. Um, if you haven't caught it already, uh, we put a show out earlier in the week with uh, Joe from All Leeds TV and, and we got a little bit of an insight into the mood at Leeds United at the moment. Leeds United, of course, delighted, as I said, to be back in the top division and Joe spoke about the influence that Marcelo Bielsa has had and... Um, and, and a little bit about their side leading into this game. So check that one out. You'll find it on the channel if you haven't already uh, tuned into that one. So yeah, let's uh, let's move on. Let's have a look at um, some of the statistics between the two sides. Of course, it's been a long, long time since these two met in the Premier League. Uh, 2004 was the last time. Uh, of course, Arsenal's invincible season. Uh, that year, we beat them 5-0 at Highbury. Um, April 2004. Wow, I was 14 years old. Also that season, we won at Elland Road by four goals to one. Um, in terms of Premier League history overall, well, it's actually not as one-sided as you would think because bear in mind, before um, the kind of falling apart of Leeds United, they were a really, really strong side. Champions League qualifiers um, and a really good side. I think they went to a Champions League semi-final um, in the early 2000s as well, if I'm not mistaken. So Leeds United were a really, really strong outfit. Obviously, things went sort of south for them, but that was largely due to financial reasons more than anything else. The club was run irresponsibly. They had some bad owners in place. Um, 
etc etc but let's look at the overall head-to-head record in the Premier League these two sides have met 24 times there's been four draws Arsenal have won 12 and Leeds United have won eight of those Um, if you look at their starts to the season uh, they're not too dissimilar actually Leeds are in 15th at the moment Arsenal are in 11th we've won four Leeds have won three they've drawn a game We've drawn none. We've lost four. They've lost four. Average goals scored per match. Leeds actually lead the way in this. 1.75 average goals scored per match for them. For us, it's 1.13. But Leeds do concede goals. They've conceded an average of 2.13 goals per game. Arsenal's is 1.25. Both sides have kept two clean sheets each. And Leeds actually create more opportunities uh, than Arsenal do, according to PremierLeague.com. So whilst we've been a lot more effective defensively, offensively, Leeds have been the more uh, impactful side at the start of this season. And nobody can deny that. In particular, uh, a young man called Patrick Bamford, who leads the line for Leeds United, despite actually receiving a fair bit of criticism last season. He started this Premier League campaign like an absolute house on fire. Seven Premier League goals for Patrick Bamford. Alex Lacazette um, has managed just three. Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang's managed just two. So that puts into context how good Bamford has been this season. And it would have been eight, but for that goal that was ruled out for offside when he pointed where he wanted the ball played. So Leeds carry plenty of attacking threat. How will Arsenal nullify that? Well, I think Arsenal are going to play pretty much as they have been uh, throughout Mikel Arteta's tenure. Now, I'm going to share the screen with you guys and we'll talk through the team a little bit. Um, partly how I expect it to, to to be set out and partly how I'd like to see it set out. Uh, let me just share this with you guys now for those of you watching us on YouTube. Don't worry if you're listening via the audio. Um, we're going to explain and run through it all for you as well. So the back four, I think, stays as it is. Bern Leno it will stay in between the sticks. Hector Bellerin, David Lewis, Gabriel and Tierney for me will, will remain the back four. Now we know there's no Thomas Partey and we know there is no Mohamed Elneny. The Ghanaian has struggled to recover from that thigh injury he picked up in the game against Aston Villa and Mohamed Elneny has tested positive for COVID-19, which means he is not in the picture. Now, so we expect Xhaka and Ceballos to be the midfield pairing. I know he played a couple of games for England, but I actually think Bukayo Saka will be in the side again. And why do I think Bukayo Saka will be in the side? Well, because of that shape shift that we see with this Arsenal side when he is there. And because of the attacking threat Leeds possess, which I've just mentioned, I think you're going to see the team shift over. You're going to see this kind of back five uh, forming again with Saka tucking in that left wing back when Arsenal don't have the ball. I really expect that to be the case. I know there's been a bit of a a cry out for Mikel Arteta to be a little bit more adventurous of late. But in a game like this, in a game away at Leeds United against a side who have proven that going forward, they can do some serious damage. I don't expect that to change. And I probably don't think it's the right game to change that either. Um, So, yeah, I I think that this is going to be the case. I think, again, Saka will do that 
hybrid role that he's been playing so often this season where he does step into the midfield when Arsenal have the ball it becomes a back four again um, so that is what I think Mikel Arteta is going to do now with regards to the front three this is the interesting part for me there's been cries and cries and cries for Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang to move back into centre forward and I think that that's the right decision I would move Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang back into the centre forward position um, I would play Nicolas Pepe from the right because I feel like the others are not doing anything and he deserves a chance. I keep saying it. He is frustrating at times, but he is effective as well. Um, so for me, Pepe would start on the right. Just looking at what I've done with Aubameyang through the middle, Pepe from the right, I can't have Alexander Lacazette starting from the left-hand side. Alexander Lacazette is the one forward in this Arsenal side who is not in my opinion capable of operating from one of the flanks and so for me Willian comes into the side um, I know all of that stuff's gone on I know a lot of people would disagree with that um, but this is what I think Mikel Arteta is probably going to do also you've got to take this into account as well Willian is at his most effective when he drifts in field, I think. And if Bukayo Saka is playing here and he's able to make those runs down the left when Arsenal are in possession, then that will give Willian the license to drift in, link up with Aubameyang, link up with Pepe, etc, etc. Now, again, I don't know that this is going to be Mikel Arteta's side. Um, Akshay in the comments says uh, Ainsley Maitland-Niles deserves a game. I don't really disagree with that. But I'm kind of trying to base this along what I think Mikel is going to do. I think the forward line is either going to look like this or it's going to be Lacazette through the middle, Aubameyang on the left and Willian on the right. So it's one of two options, I think, for, for Mikel Arteta. But this is what I'd prefer to see. Um, I think Lacazette needs to be taken out of the firing line for a bit. He's not been good enough of late. Will Mikel... See it differently. Will Mikel play Aubameyang from the left, Pepe from the right, and Eddie Nketiah through the centre? There are so many possibilities um, that it's almost impossible to predict what Mikel is going to do. But this is the lineup I think I would go with for the trip to lead. So just for those of you on the audio, I'll just run through that one more time. Leno in goal, back four of Bella in Louise, Gabriel Tierney, Saka in the middle of the park, but of course slotting into that left wing back position when Arsenal are without the ball. In the absence of Moyoneni and Thomas Partey, it would be a midfield pivot of Granit Xhaka and Danny Ceballos for me, with Pepe, Willian and Aubameyang as the front three. Again, just my view. I don't have any inside information on what Mikel will do. Um tomorrow afternoon uh, but this is just kind of my gut and maybe what I would go with so it'll be interesting to see how close that is uh, to the team that starts the game against Leeds United so yeah let me know uh, you guys' thoughts in the comments if you've got any questions get them in now um and I'll come to a couple of those. Just a quick reminder to you guys to make sure you smash that like button and uh, make sure you subscribe to the channel. Also, don't forget that this podcast is sponsored uh, by Manscaped.com. So if you've got um, any friends who uh, their grooming is uh, somewhat questionable, head over to Manscaped.com. Enter our discount code, which is Chronicles AFC in capital letters to get 20% off at manscaped uh, don't forget this show is now part of the 90 min network as well uh, so please uh, give 90 min underscore football a follow as well if you're listening via the audio platform subscribe leave us a review they really really do help and uh, yeah let's have a look at what some of you guys are saying in the chat before we uh before we lock this off 
Um, what else have we got here? Apart from questions about the partnership, as I said to you guys, nothing changes. In fact, it just gets better. So don't worry about that um, at all. Uh, let's see what you guys are saying. Susan says, ESPN did an interview with Bamford and the way he spoke about Bielsa tactically was intriguing. Yeah, Bielsa is um, an innovator. Bielsa is a, you know, if you talk to lots of uh, of managers, particularly those of a South American influence, they'll always speak about Marcelo Bielsa. Not even South American, that kind of Spanish, Latin-y sort of influence. They always talk about um, Bielsa because he's, he's so highly respected. And when you look at his career... And you look at what he's won, etc. It isn't that sort of inspiring, but it's the way he goes about it. It's the principles. It's the tactics. That's what's earned him so many admirers over the years. Um, so yeah, uh, Bielsa's a, a, an incredible manager, and I hope that Mikel gets the better of him. It'll be nice to see student getting the better of a teacher, and and he did get the better of Pep Guardiola, didn't he, in the FA Cup? So maybe. Uh, we'll see him get the better of Marcelo Bielsa this time around. But, of course, um, a lot of that is dependent on his players turning up as well. Let's see. Um, let's see what else we've got. Uh, Susan also says it's time for Arsenal to adopt a 3-5-2. Can't stand this 3-4-3 nonsense. I'm not necessarily sure that this is the right system either anymore. But, you know, just because of what it takes away from our attacking football. It does give us some creativity, but in terms of our attacking football, it has really hindered us. Um, but again, I don't expect Pep Guardiola, Pep Guardiola, I'm even calling him Pep Guardiola because he dresses exactly like him. Mikel Arteta. I don't expect Mikel Arteta to stray away from that. I really don't. Um, Akshay says, we need to put up a strong offense, our best creative player and best finisher. Shouldn't both be hugging the touchline? Yeah, I think you're right. I think you're or you are right. Um, Makogi says that Arsenal will win the league. I hope so, mate, but I can't see it somehow. Love the optimism, though. Uh, thank you. Right. If you haven't already, smash the like button. Subscribe to the channel if you're new. We're going to leave it there. Very much looking forward to this one. Leeds United versus Arsenal at Ellen Road Sunday, 4.30pm UK time. We're going to be back on Sunday night around about 10 p.m. to discuss the game and then on Monday night I'll be joined once again by the brilliant Adrian Clark uh, to dissect the match uh, with a calm ahead so very much looking forward to that um, to stay tuned turn the notifications on if you haven't already subscribe if you haven't and uh, yeah we'll be back very very soon with more until then take care and enjoy the rest of your weekends all the best cheers listening to the Chronicles of Aguna, the Arsenal podcast. I'm Martin Tyler, and you're listening to Harry Simeon.